Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our Game Changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. I am Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. We're live in three, two, one. All right, everybody, here we are. It's going to be are. an exciting one, and we're going to talk about a Mississippi giant talk, He's sitting in front of us, and let me tell you what, what an impressive animal. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. You've really got is. to see it and uh, to believe it, and we're going to hear the story. Austin Ashley, his wife Megan, are here yeah. from Smith County, Mississippi, and have grown numerous uh, just giant bucks. This is a giant. <laughs> and we've got a lot of yeah, questions. Mega giant. A mega giant. Yeah. Well, guys, I don't welcome. Get, I don't get just floored by horns very much. That one, that one's one right there. That is one impressive whitetail. Okay, I'll shut up. You know, we've had the guy from Mississippi State. He brought the one. He brought a, I can't remember. It was a 200-inch deer yeah. from Kansas. That was really impressive. Caroline had her 190. That all was super unbelievably impressive. impressive deer. This deer in person, though. Takes, takes it all. He does. Yeah. So I'm looking at Austin. He grew it. We're going to ask you a lot of questions. I'm looking at Megan, and she killed it. She's dressed in all purple over there. My mother would love the way you dress. It, 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 this is it's got to be a great story. We're going to get into it. So y'all, thank y'all for being here. Yeah. Let, us, let us get started. Knock out some business first. But blood on the biologic. I want to throw out little Elias. Butner. Our buddy. Let me yes. tell you what. So what proud. Killed a killed a really a nice really little good buck. buck. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, for his first deer. He's just a hunting, little hunting machine. Yes. Got to be impressed with him. So, good that's job, a, Elias. Yeah, good job. We're proud Elias. of you. Come yeah. out here and tell us the story, buddy. Yeah, we would like to hear the yeah, story. Yeah, 100%. We'll put you on the couch, too, Elias. So, well, D- Dudley, have you got anybody? Well, uh, you know Michael Boozer. Uh, we we see him. He hangs out with the Rolling Thunder crowd. Great guy. Um, his son, Wesley. Got his first deer. It was an awesome looking doe. So congrats to you, Wesley. I understand uh, your your sister was on here earlier, and you've been listening the last couple of weeks, and, and we hadn't mentioned yeah. your name, but uh, we've been saving you for this special podcast. So, I love uh, seeing those. Young congrats to you, Wesley, yeah. on your first deer. He got a little Good blood job, on his buddy. cheeks. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Love keeping that tradition of putting blood on somebody's mm-hmm. face. So. Yep. Brandon Baldwin sent in a picture of Walker Baldwin. Uh, with his first deer. So uh, that's a heck of a deer, too. That's his first deer? That's a heck of a start, for sure. Yeah, it is. I th- it's, it's, boy, it's just so good to see these kids. Oh, man, that's what it's all about. Getting into it. So We got here Gamekeeper Garrett Saucer's daughter, Lowry Saucer. Great. That's a great deer. That's a great deer. A great photo. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Austin, Austin Delano sent us this. Oh, nice. So that's mm-hmm. Lowry. 
Congrats to you, Lowry. Yeah, yeah. that's a deer. big old looking deer right yeah. there. Yeah, good looking food plot too. Richie, when we gonna get a, one of your youngins? Yeah, what's well, the update there? Well, we're pulling the triggers. So just haven't uh, hit the mark yet. So you know what they say: as long as there's lead in there, there's hope. But yeah, yeah. I told you, just pull that trigger till it goes click. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Well, y'all are having fun, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. She had a blast the other day. Uh, I have two daughters, and so my middle daughter, we went, and she had a blast, and we got to see all kinds of deer. Just uh, wasn't able to knock them down. But we're going to keep trying. Y'all going to hang in there. Mm -hmm. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. Good, good. Go, go to the range, spend a little time. Well, in all honesty, we were at the range before. You know, that right. they shot before we shot before we went. It's just that, uh, you know, she was, she, she was deadly at a hundred yards there and she It'll get to, it you got to her. She, she just got excited. It'll make that first one. It just even, even more special. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. Well, you got to, you got to talk her through it now, Richie. Well, I mean, I'm, it's not like I'm just throwing her to the wolves there. <laughs> Do you think he has a radio voice yeah, when he's yeah. whispering to his daughter? No, I don't. I, I, I bet you it's, uh, it's pandemonium. You know, Hayden says, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hayden says I scream at him. I'm like, there's no way I'm screaming at you when a deer comes out. <laughs> Speaking with enthusiasm. Oh, my goodness. Well, so that's, uh, congrats to all those. If you, guys, if y'all send in your pictures, we love. Absolutely. Uh, One uh, of our best. Be Best and most favorite segments. Yeah, giving a shout out to the kids. So, gosh, we got youth turkey coming up soon. Oh yeah. So well, I youth waterfowl wait. will be the next thing. Well, I youth guess. waterfowl. You're yeah. right, Bobby. I'm yeah. wrong. Yeah. But hey, youth, youth turkey's not far behind. It's not. Unless they push Thank her, you, Mister Know It Push our dates back. So we'll start turning the page. We'll go to this. Will probably be our last deer podcast. Hey, <clears throat> for the ending with a bang, and then we'll go to trapping, and then right into turkeys. Mm. So I can't it, wait. it's that time of year. Yeah. I thought you were going to do one on birdhouses. No, um, I don't think we were going to do one on birdhouses. Oh, uh, I was yeah. trying to sneak that in yeah. there. All right, Austin, you've been we we we've we've been friends. We've known of you for a long time. You've been on the Mossy Oak Pro Staff. You've been uh, we've had, we've done some gamekeeper projects with you. You've been planting biologic in various. I remember one year we tried to. Uh, there was a power line. We planted a bunch of protein peas on there and tr trying to do some content with you. So we've we've been aware of your abilities to grow uh, big deer for a while. We kind of identified you as that kind of a person, but I don't think any of us ever expected you to walk up in here with a deer like this. And I, I'm I'm just it's just it's amazing. So this deer hits the ground. It's got to have – I bet you all have gotten a lot of phone calls, a lot of people wanting to come hunting, a lot of people probably questioning where you killed it. How you, it's got to have turned your life upside down. It, it has been lately. I tell you, it's from – you hear from people that you haven't heard from since high school days. <laughs> and I saw a picture of that big deer on, on social media. I was like, yeah, my wife killed that deer. You know, they try to throw it at you, but actually it was it was awesome. I, I wouldn't have rather killed it myself. I'm glad that she, she got to experience that. I told her it's a deer of a thousand lifetimes. Oh, no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't expect that every year. So that's can a, we hook you up to a lie detector when you <laughs> said that about your wife? <laughs> so, I believe him. Were you aware of this deer? I mean, how long have you had a history with it? Uh, yes, sir. We, we knew he was around. Um, three and a half, he was a, a big 10 with a kicker. And um, we kind of put him on our radar, so to speak, then. And then past couple of years, he, you know, got – bigger and then last year he was a, a giant deer last year and i'm usually pretty good about judging them on the hoof of what i think they would score you know 
And I had this deer in the upper 70s, maybe 180, which was you know, a giant deer. And I really like our deer to get to seven and a half, if can be. They usually seem to do that blow up stage as you speak there. But um, this deer was six and a half when we harvest him. And now that we put him on the ground and we, when we put tape on him and realized he was 30 inches bigger than what I thought he was, I was like, mm. you know, six and a half year old, 200 inch deer. You know, he was yeah, he wasn't getting the pass anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, I bet not. I mean, when you see, I mean, you see these photos of these deer all the time, and and I'm I'm not nearly as good as judging antlers on the hoof as you are, but I can see where that could be confusing. I mean, it, it's it's hard, you know, to get one over 180 is is an amazing feat in Mississippi, and so it it's kind of hard to believe even when you're looking at the photo of it, you know. Yeah, right, you shoot right. them on, you know, it's kind of, we try to shoot them on maturity, no matter what they, right. you know, score, you know, that's just kind of a bonus deal, you know, you get one that big for sure, but, you know, I've gotten in my time of where if he's a, you know, five plus year old deer, no matter what he scores, you know, it's it's a trophy in itself that's right. mm-hmm. 100%. to get it there. So uh, this is Smith County, Mississippi. And you've got a core farm there. How big? How big is that farm that you're growing these deer on? Forty eight hundred acres. Yeah, that we you know we lease some ground too, but altogether it's forty eight hundred acres there. And how long have y'all been managing that chunk? A good solid twenty years, twenty two arguably. When I started it as a junior in high school, um, I, I said you know you keep seeing these big deer killed in Delta, you know Mississippi Delta and place. I'm like you know why can't we do that here and you know, I kept always being told, well, we don't have the soil for that. You know, you can, is it, they say you can take an acorn and put in a handful of dirt from, from Smith County and put a acorn in a handful of dirt from the Delta in a year. You got a acorn and a handful of dirt from Smith County and the Delta, you got an oak tree. So <laughs> I don't know. They grow some pretty good watermelons in Smith County. <laughs> we do that. <laughs> and they're, I mean, they're world famous for that and, and truck crops. And so, and so it, it so that was kind of what I was always told. I was like, well, there's got to be more to it. And the more I studied and, and tried to, to learn more, I said, well, it's, it's going to be worth a try. So I built a feed trough and started trying to supplemental feed and, and plant more than just throwing ryegrass out there and a bag of corn every now and then, you know. So, And as that progressed, um, I had a particular deer that was a nine point on our farm and I said, you know, let, let's try to let this deer go just to see. And long story short, our neighbor has got about two and a half acres of land. He shot him off his back porch in his turnip patch one morning, and the deer was 178 off of this particular deer. And then it kind of opened eyes. Well, hey, you know, you shot a Boone and Crockett deer here, then what else can go? And then from what we learned during that time, and I was able to get my dad more involved, and that helped us for sure, made it a true 365 management on the farm, you know, become a true gamekeeper. At so that point. at some point you went from, you know, your property, you know, being food plots and uh, feeding them and, you know, y'all, your neighbor killed this huge deer that opened your eyes, but then you, you, then you got to where you were actually, you know, you're reading all these publications and, and managing the actual woods. I mean, I've, I've known you and, and I know, how you've been managing these places and, and it's incredibly intensive. Yes, sir. It is. Um, so can you get into that a little bit? I mean, this deer you described earlier was from back in the film 
camera days, correct? Yeah, that's so right. that was yeah. a long time ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. You had to go to the camera and get it and carry it to Walmart and print them off and go back and see what you had to, <laughs> to hunt at those times. Yeah, that was the good days. That is absolutely correct. Your daughter's been begging you to hunt since her little brother shot the big eight last year. You've ran a fire, dissed the fields, got stuck, got unstuck, planted food plots, fertilized, and prayed for rain. You moved trees, limbed roads, even bought one of those fancy cell cameras. So what's your excuse? LS Tractor. Moultrie has pioneered the game management category. Today, Moultrie is one of the best-selling brands of feeders and seeders in the world, and they continue to innovate with new technology that gamekeepers will rely on. Moultrie products are always field-tested and designed for hunters by hunters, combining forward-thinking innovation with time-tested practicality. Moultrie, first in feeders since 1979. All right, so guys, Moultrie is offering our listeners a 15% site-wide discount at MoultrieFeeders.com. Use code Mossy Oak with a capital M, Mossy Oak, at MoultrieFeeders.com and get that 15% discount. I'm just a 178-inch nine-point. is That's a real big. nine. Well, yeah, well right. he, he was bigger than a nine at age of harvest. He was a nine-point when he first came on to our radar of, you know, hey, look, this deer, I don't want to shoot. You know, I, I wanted to hold him out just to see what could happen, you know. And, you know, he could have just been a 120-inch deer at maturity, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then probably wouldn't be sitting here today. But, you know, as Lord's intervention in it, it, it did. It, it worked. And that particular deer, he, he had it and, and grew. And um wish I could have killed the deer. I had the deer the afternoon before uh, Mr. Elvin Henderson's who killed the deer. I had him at, at 30 yards with my bow the afternoon before, and he was quartering to me, and I, I didn't feel comfortable with the shot. Yeah. I let the deer walk, and he shoots him the next morning. So. <laughs> I bet mean, he was excited. It seems like the big deer somebody else going to kill. Here, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> well, I Thanks. Bet, I bet you've got some happy neighbors around you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Do you all share information at all? That's a need-to-know basis. It depends on what we're talking about there, you know. Um, I wouldn't talk about that to nobody right there. Yeah, you got – you know, I got some some guys that we talk back and forth on, hey, I don't think we need to shoot this deer. Let's let this deer get, you know, a little older just to see. And then you got, of course, the, the neighbor that everybody probably has that you, know, you don't tell him anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Try to – you know. But like I tell them, look, you know, they say, well, we can't feed that much and this and that. I say, no, you can't, but putting your – Trigger finger on safety is free, you know. Anybody can do that. And, you know, shooting the wrong deer is is as bad as not shooting any deer at all and mm-hmm. doing anything. You know, you can hurt substantially by doing that. And we were we were talking at lunch earlier about, you know, what you know, what you think about the genetics in your area, just kind of your assessment. And you were talking about uh, you know, you may go four miles in one direction where where you have some land and y'all haven't really been able to get anything over 160 around there. That's right. But you said there uh there's a nearby dog club that has amazing genetics. Absolutely. Yeah. They don't um, supplement it, feed. They don't do anything. They plant and they pretty much run dogs and and hunt it and they shoot giant deer every year on it. And they just, so do you think you're in a in a pocket of just really good genetics? I think there is a a draw through through there that's you know so to speak 
better than than other areas and i don't know what to you know bring it upon you kind of brought up watermelons in smith county you know there are certain areas that grow watermelons well and there are certain areas that mm-hmm. you can't grow watermelons That's on true. so it's it's kind of the in the same sense of that it sounds like there's something to that so at some, sure. some point in your life you became a white tail just addict yeah, I, I can tell you're just eat up with it. At what point was that? <laughs> you know, the first deer I ever got to see kill, I was six years old, sitting in a me and my buddy stand between my dad's legs, and I was shaking so bad that <laughs> he's like, son, you got to be still. You got to stop, or I can't even shoot this deer. And it was just a doe. But just from, I guess, from that point <laughs> forward, it, I've just, I've been, you just got it in your blood. You know, there's, you can't get it out. Mm-hmm. And, and now that I've got two daughters of my own, seeing them come up in it, and I've got a six-year-old daughter now, Hartley Ruth, and, and she's got a passion for it too, just watching her. And she's got a fishing pole in the spring. To I, I don't get daddy time to deer hunt by himself anymore. Those days are over, and that's fine. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad of it because she wants to be, Daddy, can I go? Daddy, can I go? So my my bow hunting days are, are over for now, so to speak. So with her – want yeah. to be with me those but. are good days though oh absolutely yeah, yeah no they, it's a season of life so enjoy it while you're in it because you blink and it'll be gone mm-hmm. so but i can i can re- reflect back on those fond memories of of that and that's all i know is you know you just get it you got it you know i'm in the trucking industry and it's kind of the same way either you grow up in it and you got trucking in your veins or you don't and it's, well, it's one of those things I'm glad that you recognize that with your daughters, though, because that's a pretty special time. And, and y'all, it sounds like y'all have got a relationship that you get a lot of time to, to you get to spend some good quality time together. But I understand that one of Megan's wishes, maybe a Christmas wish, was to spend a little more time with you. And that's kind of how this hunt happened. And so how long has she been hunting with you? And how, how's, how's that going? Well, we started hunting together when we were dating, mm-hmm. and I don't know. That's oh nine. Oh nine. She's <laughs> been hunting with me since oh nine, and she's <laughs> she says I gar hole her reason she doesn't kill the big deer. Oh, but, he does. <laughs> well, the gar hole didn't work this time, obviously. So. At least you know what you're dealing with. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you enjoy it as much as uh, as he does? Oh, I love it, but he loves a little bit more than I do. I'm not getting out in the cold like he does. Yeah. Well, the the idea of y'all sitting together and that thing walking out, it, I just I would have loved to have had a camera rolling in there just to see everybody's reaction. I wish we would have had ours. Yeah, I, I usually have a video camera every time I'm in the woods, and we had been at, at camp the weekend before, and just kind of a rust leave deal, and I, I didn't even bring her rifle that she hunts with. and So I, in my mind, I'm thinking that, you know, usually when you, uh, when there's a big buck on y'all's radar and you're getting photos of him, uh, and we've had this discussion before out in the hall a couple years ago, you're, you know, uh, you do like a lot of us do. You're using your cameras and you don't want to go in there until you know he's been coming in a couple afternoons in a row and the wind is right. And this time was far from that. Y'all just said, let's go sit in the stand together, honey. And and then this big guy walks out. 
He didn't know so, he was going to come that day. That uh, <laughs> I don't know. That makes it cooler to me. Yeah, you know? 100% that's awesome. Does. Yeah, yeah. It's well, like you know, I was saying earlier. Some days you just feel it, like man, this is high barometric pressure. The deer are going to move. They're going to be early. It's you know you feel it. It's going to be a good day. And I, I didn't had you know no feelings of that. It was just more or less checking her box on her Christmas list of spending time. We're, we're spending time together. I mean, we even got the deer stand earlier, you know, it was, yeah. it was a little slower at work, you know, trucks were back in on the yard and it's like, Hey, let's you know go deer hunting. She was like, well, if I can get somebody to watch the girls, sure. We'll, we'll go spend some time together. I was like, well, let's go. And so tell us the story, Megan. Yeah. Well, we got to the woods. It's probably about three o'clock and we were sitting before. there and, all we really did was just talk because there was nothing moving, nothing. And I saw a red bird and a red squirrel. That's all. That's usually a good sign <laughs> of not seeing a Two whole of lot. my favorite things in the woods. And we were sitting there and it just time went on and we were just talking about the girls and the his trucking and his phone started going off and I was just sitting there and his, he was on, texting on his phone and all of a sudden here he comes just walking up and I was like, oh my, oh my. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the same thing we said when we, when yeah, we saw him. Yeah, I'm still saying oh my. Yeah. Austin was more nervous than I was. He was like, no, don't you pull that trigger. You let him get right, his head's down, he's turned to, I was like, I'm okay. I'm like, calm down. And he's like, well, you need to prop your elbow up. I'm like, I'm she fine. Was my, not okay. I was okay. <laughs> I couldn't prop my elbow up. I was too short. I said, I'm okay. He was, he was shaking more than I was. And yeah. then I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. He's like, you better not miss. You better not miss. <laughs> <laughs> no, I look over and she's like, I'm trying to watch the deer through the binoculars. And watch her at the same time, like, is she okay? Is the deer still there? You know, I'm back and forth between it. And I look, and the gun barrel is doing figure eights out the window. I'm like, stop. You, you, you I couldn't get comfortable. <laughs> and I'm like, get your elbow settled. Get get settled. Look, he's, you know, he come out, and he was approximately 100 yards or so. And Oof. he had put his head down, and he was eating on some biologic that we had planted. And as he was making his way across, I was like, just settle down. Just settle down with it. Take a deep breath. I said, just squeeze the trigger when you're ready. And then he turned towards us, like she said, a little bit. And I was like, no, 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 don't shoot him, don't shoot him, don't shoot him, don't shoot him. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> and then I got, I was all fine, and he, he was good. And I was like, he's like, are you going to do it? I said, I'm okay. And I pulled the trigger, and he was like, bolt it back in case he don't, in case he don't, because he was like, tripping and he was like Baltimore can put it on we're gonna have to shoot him again i'm like no i'm not he's dead yeah. <laughs> like, he is not getting out of this lane like, yeah. bolted, bolted, bolted. yeah but he did and he piled up yeah it was he was by himself it, right that by was himself. all we saw was him the red squirrel and the red bird hey, that's a good that was day. it yeah. <laughs> what did this deer weigh 185 pounds wow he was God. definitely. Yeah, I would have thought I would have not been surprised if you just said two forty or something like well, that. Well, he he was a bigger body deer on camera earlier. I think he had, you know, I don't know. It, it seems like we had a rut a little earlier this year, mm. you know, on, in our area, and I don't know if it was from that or what. But he had lost a little weight in in, in, in last year pictures we had of him. I swore he was a two hundred and fifty pound deer, you know, but. I mean, you know, when, when deer get to be that age, we were talking about this with, with Caroline Winters uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, you just never know when they're going to die of old age or, you know, something comes up. You know, her deer, there was a, a crack in the in the skull mm -hmm. uh, from where the, 
it shed its antler and some of the skull came off the year before. And uh, William McKinley, the you know state MDWF and P deer biologist, was saying, you know, there when that happens, it's a ninety percent chance that they don't make it to the next year. And so, you know, while Mississippi, we may be really good at growing three year old deer. I mean, the they there's data on that, but to get to four is an even bigger deal, and five and six yeah. and you know, I'd like to know what percentage of deer in the state. Uh, bucks reach six years old it's it's very rare i mean rare. he he grew a beautiful set of antlers and was healthy but maybe maybe he wasn't maybe he was a, a month from dying or something you know but you, you haven't even sheds from previous years no i do not i we lost our alien lab we had and um, she was my shed dog so since i've lost her i really haven't shed hunted a whole lot i mean if i see him in a field i'll pick him up but since then i've just I've, I've slacked on picking up deer sheds. But you were saying that this deer really kind of, I want to make sure I, I, I was kind I was listening, but I was trying to save it for the podcast, but you were saying that the deer really wasn't on your radar screen much until this year. Yeah. Well, like I said, we really try to get them to that six and a half, seven and a half age classes where they seem to really, you know, be the bigger there they are. Every year, like, you know, Deli was just talking about, you know, they die from natural causes and stuff because I can tell you several times we've had really good deer one more year and then you never see them anymore. Mm -hmm. And you know if the neighbor killed him, you would have heard about it, but you never hear about it. And, you know, he's died of from fighting issues or or whatever, abscess or whatever, you know, you may see. But back to the deer, yes, um, he was – on our we saw we knew he was a big deer last year and we really didn't even really hunt him that much figured he was a you know a 170 class deer and we had a couple of older deer that we targeted last year to hunt and just kind of stayed away from him and then you know this year he was a giant of course and he yeah. blew up yeah All so to speak. Yeah. Really but, but a 170 is a giant in and of itself. Absolutely. So it, 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 it you know, I, I don't want to gloss over that. And, <laughs> no. and you mentioned earlier that you think you've got multiple 170 ish bucks on your property now. I, I believe so. I believe there's three pretty good deer that's going to be all over that 170 mark. Yep. Wow. So cool. do you have, are you putting him in the record book? That's up to Megan. That's her choice. That's, I'm going to let, let that be up to her, what she wants to do, I think. Because, I mean, uh, would he, will he go in Would he go in as a typical I or hope non-typical? So. I don't I, – they all let him count every bit of it, no matter what they do. So yeah, what, I, is, what does he score? Let's, let's ask that. Well, this is unofficial. You know, we, we scored him at 210 and an eighth unofficially. I think to go typical, he has to be – I don't know. Y'all can correct me here, but anything less than 15 inches of irregularity. That sounds right. So if, if that's the case, he's he'll be in the non-typical category. But he seems to be he's more typical. Quite man. symmetric. I mean, like yeah. even his G ones. I mean, they. I mean, they line right up, and both got kickers on. Yeah, the twos look. The twos like they look match. match the threes yeah. are slightly off. The twos the, the are. beams are a little off, but they're massive. They are massive. The so tines the, on this thing. The right is beam ridiculous. is a twenty-eight. Is that correct? That is correct. Twenty-eight-inch main. So Megan, I asked Austin while you, you stepped out just for a second if, if he was going to. I should have asked. Are you going to put him in the record book? I doubt it. <laughs> the chances it's so rare to kill a deer i know I, it seems like you've got to do him an honor i know but he has so much that every little thing he's probably gonna get deducted and 
too many people. I don't know. I've killed this deer. Wouldn't this deer make Boone and Crockett though? Uh, I, I mean, that, I, that's the record book yeah, I'm thinking about. Yeah, I don't know I, that's the record will. book I'm thinking about. And I, it, it would just you, that that be. I know, and we probably should, but I just don't think we are. Too many people have tried to put it down so bad. Yeah. Of, oh, it's a high fence, or oh, y'all, you know, y'all brought him in, and just we want to enjoy him. Yeah. Well, I, I can appreciate that. I, I've seen some of that negativity on the it's internet. It's terrible. I, I don't people know how are y'all just with that. people bad jealous. They I do. don't get jealous, but when I you should congratulate. I, I'm yes. like green, green. Game you should congratulate green. your fellow hunter, not yeah, try to right. put them down. No, you're right. Deer do that to people. It, but why, Austin? It's, it's I mean, you know, it. I'm speaking the truth. It oh, yeah. ma- it makes people crazy. Yeah, put your hard work into it, and you know, let them grow. Give them birthdays. They get bigger. That one sure did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Nosler is known for their bullets, and now they're making suppressors. Nosler suppressors are made for hunting. Adding a Nosler suppressor to your rifle will make you a quieter, more accurate, and more effective hunter. Protect your hearing and disturb less game with a Nosler suppressor. The time to hunt quiet is now. Learn more at Nosler.com. So he looks to me to be – he's just such a big-framed typical. Right. His beams are so long. His tines are so long and so big. <laughs> they're, they're so massive that they're kind of blunt on the ends. It's, it's just crazy. It's like, I, you know, I'm a plant nerd. Yes, and, you are. Uh, I think, you know, so I've studied, you know, deficiencies and things like that. And, and when plants grow really fast – they they kind of run out of calcium. Like calcium can't move through the plant quickly enough when it's growing fast. And the the tips get darker. When, yeah. And so, I mean, it's like this guy was just so healthy. He had his boom year. You know, he was a 170 the year before and blew up. Just like Caroline's deer, I think, was a 160 and became a 190 when it blew up. It it grew so fast until it couldn't grow anymore, and it's just like I'm done. Just kind of like a plant would do, and the and the tips get dark like that. It's just so impressive. <laughs> so you got this isn't the first big deer to come off your property. Kind of give us a little history. What what is this the biggest deer to come off the property? Yeah, it's definitely the biggest frame, and got that shock appeal like you're talking about by the big beams and the tines and all. You know. Um, I've killed 190 before, which I think I brought up and you guys saw, and you were just mm-hmm. yeah. telling me that this deer swamps him. But yeah, if you look at them side by side, absolutely he does. But yeah, we've killed several deer, 170 class deer, you know, and better over the years since we've been managing it intensively with it. Um, but yeah, I think she's got us beat. She she probably takes the cake on. Yeah, no, I was. She, so. I've got a pretty good deer over our fireplace. That's what I was about to ask. And, what about the one over the mantle? And she says, um, "You lost your spot. He's he's going." <laughs> if he fits, I think he might be too tall though. Ah. <laughs> if he fits, so. you get him kind of mantle. You'll have crouch, to lower the mantle. <laughs> That's down. what I told him. I said, "We're going to lower that down." Yeah, raise <laughs> the roof. Yeah, yeah. whatever <laughs> it takes. Yeah, he's got to go with the mantle. That's for sure. Mm. Oh. You know, I've never got to say that before. (laughs) Look at you. Raise the roof. Yeah, Yeah. I'm just blessed that I was able to harvest him. Yeah, she says she wasn't nervous. Tell you, she was so nervous she couldn't open the door to shoot. After she was shaking so bad, and we walked up to him, and Austin was like, "Well, are you gonna touch him?" 
And all I could do was cry. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's huge. I cried, too. <laughs> when I got down there to him, I looked at him, I was like, Megan, this deer is 200. She's like, no, he's not. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he is. I was like, oh, yes, he is. Mm. That's hard to deny that. So yeah, on a 185-pound body, though, I bet he looked even bigger. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah. yeah. And, and in the in the pictures, that's why he just looks so – I mean, a 200-inch deer is 200-inch deer, but, I mean, he looks 240 in photos, you oh, know? I, so. I mean, when he walked out, I, 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 it was just like – I was shocked that he was so big because he showed me a picture, and I was like, oh, oh, whatever, that's not the deer. And then when he came out, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, was he supposed to be in the area? Was he where he wasn't supposed to be? Well, or, I know you were trying to gar hole her, apparently. <laughs> yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he really was. He was not a daylighter. Yeah. And he didn't travel a whole lot. Like, you know, different fields around the area, you didn't get pictures of him. He mm-hmm. had one or two spots that he would come to on camera that you would see him. And that was it. So I don't think he moved a lot, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, they were talking. What are they calling them? Uh, well, you got yeah. mobile bucks, and you got yeah. Bronson talks about these deer. You know, but they, they all have different G- personalities. And, and the ones that get bigger it seems well. Obviously, they don't roam as much, so they don't. You know, uh, they're not succumbed to as much pressure. But <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I mean, that kind of goes where I was just curious. Are, are your neighbors have got to be like so excited about what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. Does it? Does it are, – are, are people trying to lease land next to you guys for – are people poaching on you? I, I don't – I mean, you, there's probably things you can't can say those. here. But. Yes and yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I mean, well, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> the the land lease prices have definitely went up in the past, you know, 10 years now, and it seems to gradually get higher. And I guess it's from, you know – harvesting big deer like this people want to be as close as they can to you yeah no doubt about it so mississippi you know has several known hot spots that are also managed really well um and i you know in my mind there's there's areas inside the levee on the mississippi river uh, that are really good and then there's that area kind of madison yazoo near the big black uh that's also a good area um, I think it's safe to say, Smith, your 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 area is also another good area in the state that's just genetically better. Yeah, there's and there's several deer that get killed in the area that people that I know of that you never hear about. And it goes back to what you said, the neighbors that you get, the lease of land increasing that they don't want you to know. I mean, and why would they, you know? Yeah. They get what they're going for, and that's to harvest a, a big deer, so they don't talk about it. I I wonder if there's more areas in our state, or or even, I mean, obviously anywhere else that uh, if if people would just shift their interest from mature, you know, we're going to wait till he's four, to you know, wait until they're six or seven or eight. Uh, you know, what where would those areas show up? You know, right. Smith County's one of them, obviously. Yeah. I think you'd see them all over the state, honestly. Yeah. And I think there's more people now. If they can get to six or seven. That's right, that are managing more. They're starting to see And that was my deal with why I started talking about it, you know, instead of trying to keep it quiet, which, you know, and, and I know why people don't talk. But the reason I did is because I wanted people to see that you can do it, you know, because mm-hmm. I was always shot down and told that you couldn't and you can. And if I can help anybody see it and do it, I mean, it's no secret to what you do, you know, tell everybody. And because, I mean, 
I, as a hunter, I, I want to see my fellow hunters succeed and, and grow and harvest, you know, big deer, mature deer. Um, and we've talked about it on the podcast a lot. And I mean, uh, McKinley even reinstated, you know, reinforced it. The average buck age of harvest, which we're very proud of in Mississippi is between three and a half and four. Mm. And that's, we've made big strides to get there, but to internally, we've always talked about, just like he has said, they have to be to get to superstar status around here. They need to be six or seven years old. And that may not be everybody's thing. No, it might not be. Well, and I think it's also probably we ought to point out, <clears throat> I don't think just because a deer gets to seven or eight years old, he's going to look like that. Uh, no, 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 I agree. <clears throat> not that, everybody's Michael star. Jordan. You know, right. They, that's a, that, that's Michael Jordan that got six or seven years old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. So, yeah, you got to have the genetics. You got to have the protein. You got to put the work in, and they got to get age class. I just think about, you know, look, we've had Bronson and McKinley, mm-hmm. all these smart guys in here telling us about how the – the, the the dispersal young bucks when they're button bucks are, yeah. are you know run off and disperse right. miles away and so the, the bucks that he's that he's dispersing have got to, have got to be some special deer and oh then, yeah obviously and then he's and, but it, I mean, he's got a big enough place he's not losing all mm-hmm. his deer and 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 you know, like I'm thinking about my little place over there. I'm hoping somebody down the road is dispersing some, some <laughs> yeah. better bucks than I have. Well, you I know, Bobby, have. nobody in your area has been probably managing uh, super intensively. Right. Um, and, and you are. So, I mean, when how, you get to that six or seven year mark and, and you know, those those babies that were born – you know, being fed and, and having that good habitat right. when they yeah. get to be six or eight years old, it, really it may be a substantial it. difference. How old do you think old 222 was? I think he was six. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think obviously, you know, but that to, to your point, you know, trying to harvest, that is a, that is a, a heck of a deer. I mean, that you harvest, he was 222 pounds, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was a, he was a big a body deer, but he didn't have 120 inches. Right, out. but he was six or seven years old. I mean, he stood out in the crowd, though. He did. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, yeah. I shot a seven and a half year old deer this year on our place. It was a six point, 130 inch six point. Oh man, I'm in on that one. Yeah, he was a he's seven and a half year old deer. You know, he's a long way from 210, but but how much did he weigh? Two fifty-five. Yeah, there he's you go. huge. That right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's a real six. That's right. That's- <laughs> so let's look at one hand, Austin, and let's name off four or five things that you think that you do on your property that's really changing the game for you. That that that, that you feel like. We know what the number one thing is. We're planting by a lot. Of course. <laughs> there you go. That's right. <laughs> listen, Absolutely. Listen that was just understood. <laughs> you know, reading Gamekeeper Magazine is no, probably course. number two. <laughs> Except for those two. <laughs> uh, age, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you got to get them to maturity. Um, and, you know, year-round supplemental feeding them. You know, I believe that's a, that's a block in it. And shooting the right deer. You know, if we talked earlier, you know, I know I've got, couple of 170s running around you know and i can have one of those deer in the field and know that i've got a management deer that needs to be shot i'm shooting that management deer over that deer because he's not at that maturity level yet so it's shooting the right deer that need to be shot and then shooting the right number of your does to keep the deer in population correctly shows of you know it goes back to your stress it keeps your stress numbers down Mm -hmm. um because if those bucks are running around trying to breed all the deer that are coming in every year and you're way wopsided with it, well, 
that's later in the year they're going to be run down and the more days that you can get that deer to grow from the time he sheds till you know he sheds out the next year is what you know you've only got so many days to do that in so the sooner you can get him there the the more time he's got to put that bone on um so that would probably be my top things that you know shoot the right number of deer shoot the right deer let them get age and feed them mm-hmm. so uh, about in, in preparation for this i remember about you talking about fertilizing native brown absolutely and uh and then lanny he's got privet mm-hmm. all that stuff i'm trying to kill over there he's, fertil- <laughs> he's, he's fertilizing it. it yep we're bowing it we cut it back with a side boom we got a side boom bush hog arm and we'll cut it back so it stays you know in the browse area of the deer, you know, so it's like little min- uh, Marcus Lashley mineral stumps of of privet. Hmm. It's got a huge root system, and then it's sending up these new small tender shoots that they like to eat. But because it has such a large root system, it's sucking in all those minerals and putting them in that smaller amount hmm. of plant matter. Does that make sense? It makes sense. To, does it make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah, you're. You're. Yeah. You're putting all that nutrient right there to where they can get it. And you know, like I said, most people, they see privet hedge and they push it with a dozer and pile it up or either it gets so high, it does no good to the deer. Yeah, it'll know? have a browse line on it. That's right. And and, it, and it's not doing anybody any good at that stage. So you're cutting it down so every, they can browse everything that that's right. That's there for That's them. right. And, and I can't do every, every privet hedge that grows on the place that way, but in pockets and areas that I can get to do, we do. And then we've got our fire breaks where we do our prescribed burns. We go and have them pushed out of our lanes with a dozer. And then we get in between our, you know, where our native browse are, you know, we're at honeysuckle and briar and we fertilize it with the tractor. We'll go through those lanes and let it y'all fertilize. Y'all in your pines frequently. Y'all Absolutely. Are, I mean, y'all are in the trucking business, which means you're, you're in the logging business and the chip business. And uh, That's right. you have a lot of experience with that. So I'm assuming... I assume when you're thinning your pines, you're you're thinning them to where they they can uh, get some sunlight on the ground and grow a lot of browse. And so it's not just supplemental feed and food plots. Y'all are very intensive with all of this. That's right. Even in the woods, keep the balance. You know, from native to supplemental to to what you're planting in your fields. And you know, and I, I do. I'm a believer in the in the protein peas. I plant a bunch of that every year. Um, that's that's probably my that, and uh, I plant a good bit of joint vetch. I kind of like those two combinations in the summertime feedings. Those are those are two really good ones. What about um, mineral licks? Are are you a believer in that? I do. I I, I put a mineral site one per every hundred acres. Is what I have. Um, Our heart liver loves doing those. Yeah, she yeah it's fun it. to get on the bike and ride around and put all that stuff out. Yeah, she likes to pour it on them. Yeah, she likes the liquid mineral. The like liquid, liquid mm-hmm. mineral in afterwards. When it's planting season, I don't see him. It's a lot of work. In a 4,800-acre property, it's a lot of work. way more than – do you have help with that? Or? We've got a couple of guys – we run cows, too. So we got a couple of guys that work on the on the cattle side of the farm, and then I can borrow them over to help, you know, plan and do. But planting-wise, no. No one touches the seed planting but me. I let them disc and prep for it, but I'm – I'm a little OCD when it comes to my plantings. <laughs> it kind of sounds like our boss with his duck holes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, it works. I mean, yeah, know, OCD all day right there. He's very OCD. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the the place, the way it lays out, though, that I mean, 4,800 acres to start with is a big place. But the way this is laid out, it seems like it lays out to be even bigger than that. I'm well, just, some places hunt bigger than others. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Firminator is the industry's most versatile piece of food plot equipment, allowing plotters to do every step of the process, working the soil, adding seed and soil supplements, and compacting. From start to finish, with a single implement, it's hassle-free by design. Set it for the seed size and simply drive the tractor, and the Firminator does the rest. Check it out at theferminator.com. Hey guys, Dudley from Gamekeepers here. I want to tell you about the all-new Gunner Dog Bowl. It's designed for home and built for travel. It's customizable, leak-resistant, light on weight, solid on durability, and rust-proof. Like other Gunner products, they're made in Nashville and designed for everywhere. So for people that don't know Smith County, Mississippi, kind of explain the topography and the hardwoods versus pines versus, you know, cattle pastures and, and about how the place looks and and where do you plant pines where you don't want where you want food plots and kind of how you keep the diversity like you talked about. I would probably say we're probably 70 percent pine where we are, 30 hardwood, hardwood more or less in the draws on the creek banks. Um and then, you know, like I said, we thin our pine trees and stuff. That's more or less what the main farm is is targeted on is toward timber management, timber harvest. And then our cattle side of the of the farm is really across the road from where we mostly hunt at. Um, and it's, you know, we just run, our, we run Black Angus cattle is what, what we run. Um, but I, my dad probably gets a little upset at me. I put more acres in food plot than needs to be in timber is his mind, but, you know, my average food plot's around three acres is what I try to do. Oh, the, the soil's pretty rich. They're they're fair. You know, they're, I wouldn't say it's nowhere near dealt to dirt, but we put two tons of lime per acre every two years regardless. You know, I run soil samples, but, I mean, two tons an acre there. been doing that for several, several years, and that's ag lime. We get trucked in out of Florida that we put out every year. And then I use my soil samples for my fertilizer when I fertilize in the fall. I know, you know, what I'm putting per field area uh, instead of just, you know, I, I used to just buy triple 13 and throw it out and yeah. let it, let it be a good blend. And now that, you know, we really take our samples and tailor make our fertilized fur. So you've got summer crops going and then you transition from them right into a, 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 a I'm assuming you're planting around September. A little later, I plant, September. depends on... <clears throat> Depends on the weather in the year, but you know September first of October, I'm trying to get it in there. Um, but yeah, I never want them to go run out of food. I try to transition from you know my peas and beans when I plant my beans and my joint bitch. You know it's standing, it's there while I'm breaking ground in other areas to plant fall plots, and I plant a lot of clover. Also, you know I always cover crop and plant my clover, and then February first of March. I spray clothing them. I spray my grasses out before, you know, the seeds head. And then my clover lasts me through, you know, until it gets really hot, you know, dry in the summer. Mm-hmm. And then the peas and beans and That's the right. go. That's right. Our so, deer are very babied. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the way they're supposed to be. <laughs> he takes very good care of them. <laughs> yeah. I can appreciate that. Um, you, it's, it's my passion, you know. So, I, yeah. Our food plots are, like, perfect. Yeah. I mean, it is like you could – do a mural over them, and they are just like not even a grass is going to be out Y'all of the ordinary. Ever spread any kind of organics on the on you know out? Have you ever played with any of that other than just lime and fertilizer? Well, it's funny you ask that. 
um, you know, like I am in the wood business and we, we sell mulch and stuff. So part of what we do is, is bark. We sell to different nurseries that blend it and color it. But I've tried doing some composting that I've dabbled yeah. into a little bit. And I took that aged mulch and we've turned it and rotated it. And I mixed um, chicken litter with it before too. And I've got some piles that have got, you know, older age, I'm saying five years that I've had there that we rotate with excavators and turn it. And I've spread that over, over areas before. And I tell you, it, it works. I've had some red clay dirt hills that I've took and spread it on it and this planted seed. And now it's, it's pretty grass area. So yeah. Yeah. It's so it, I, you know, you mentioned the, you know, putting two tons of lime out every two years. Some, some people put a ton out a year and, Oftentimes you can just ask the local farmers and they kind of know how that works with lime because it, it buffers differently in different soils and different areas. But, uh, you know, we talk about lime, we literally beat it into the dirt. Uh, but I think a lot of people overlook the, the lime thing. I know I have in the past, a lot of my fields are difficult to get to, uh, you know, you may get an area thinned and the, the loggers are widening the roads out temporarily to where you can get some lime in. But five years later, you can't even get a lime truck in there. And uh, it's just night and day how much better a food plot performs. And yet we still tend to overlook that step. 100%. I, I, you know, I'm guilty of it. Um, and I'd, I'd venture to say that 50% or more of our listeners I would uh, say even though they more know, than 50%. Yeah. Even though they know better. to it's put lime better. out, they don't just because it's so inconvenient. It's a, it's a tough but thing, yeah, especially it, if you don't have uh, a local source. It it makes a huge difference. And access, like you were saying, is yeah. is, is huge, you know. And, and I'm, I'm lucky enough that I've got equipment to where I can keep roads open and access to, to get to it, you know. And I figure if you're going to spend the time and the money and the effort into getting – the seed and, and fertilization there, you know, lime is really the cheaper end of the whole spectrum, mm-hmm. you, know, you know. And uh, most of us are guilty of, of uh, overlooking it, even though we know how important it is. So, Austin, your strategy in hunting this place, you've got, I assume you've got cell cameras up all over, and, and you're not going into an area until something triggers and, and you said, okay, yeah, like Dudley said, he's been here two afternoons in a row, and now the wind's right, now's the time to go in there. You, I've heard you describe how light you actually have the the light amount of pressure you put on your place, and could you ex- kind of explain your thoughts there? Yeah, I do, and I, like she said earlier, I may be a little bit OCD, but <laughs> I'll take a, a particular deer, and, and like I said, usually three and a half, he's showing enough potential to know if he's going to be what we say a superstar or just you know another you know good quality deer, and and I'll take data from those deer from watching them and. If I get pictures of him and he daylights in a certain area, I've got a notebook and I write down what the pressure was that day, what the moon phase was, and what field he hit. And then I keep that up as he progresses. And then when he gets to, you know, six years old or so and you get ready to hunt him, you kind of go back to that data and say, okay, well, you know, what aligns? And then when it lines up, you would be surprised at how much they are nature, they're Mm -hmm. creatures of habit to what they do in that time. And, And I think that's helped a lot too is just doing your homework on watching a particular animal and what he does over the time. I remember when we first started dating and he made me help feed and you were, you know, taking the bags and all that. He always called it his sanctuary. I wasn't even allowed to go in there. He makes me sit on the buggy. He's like, I don't want them to know your scent. I want them to know that they're safe here. I couldn't even go in there. 
I would have to sit on the buggy for him to go feed yeah, the deer I'll and walk come in out. And well, look, it <laughs> finally <laughs> paid off. Yeah, look, it look, did. Look, at, look at, look there. Yeah, yeah. Walk in and feed them and just, you just leave it. Like, really he wouldn't even take the buggy. He was like, yeah. they're safe here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then we try to, you know, from October to the end of January, we try to not use gas-powered vehicles. We try to get more electric as I can. Mm-hmm. And I believe they were starting to pattern my Ranger. I you know, 100% agree. I would, I would go in and <laughs> we would hunt. And then you think you get 10 or 12 deer in a field and you shoot one and they see, you, you know, you boom and then you, the Ranger cranks up and their buddy goes missing. Well, then the same thing happens a few times and they're like, well, you know, there's a pattern to this. Well, mm-hmm. then what really keyed me in on it is, you know, <laughs> one afternoon, I usually don't hunt, you know, on Sunday evenings. And so I hunted that Sunday evening and I just parked my pickup and walked and I saw more deer that afternoon than I think I'd seen in forever. I'm like, well, wait a minute, there's something to this. And so I hunted a day that I typically wouldn't hunt and I, the ranger was not involved. So then I've started hunting on my electric cart a little more. I agree and, with you hundred percent. Just from our experience, we had a place that was real sensitive, just the way the topography was for it. If you rode a UTV or ATV in and you could, I mean, you could hear it. I mean, I, I personally know what the sound of a Honda 300 sounds like from, you know, miles away and now a Ranger too. So you got to think, you know, that they're aware of it for sure. Yeah. So I like hearing that because noise <clears throat> pollution is a big thing. What kind of cameras are you running? Uh, Spartan cell cameras is what I'm running. Yeah. So do you ever sit okay. around at night uh, and you're looking at your cameras and all of a sudden <laughs> here's somebody walks by the camera? Or you... No, I haven't had that yet. Cows. <laughs> uh, goats. 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 Yeah, we had them. <laughs> No Huge. long-tail cats. Donkeys, horses. <laughs> <laughs> we had somebody's horses in there a while back. Yeah, we were. We were. <laughs> I was telling you, it, Lanny, they're avoiding that question. <laughs> <laughs> we we were we were at lunch early. I was telling them I had a kid hunting with me this weekend, and it sounded like a coyote kind of howled off in the distance. And he said, "Mr. Austin, what was that?" I said, "That was a, a wampus cat." He said, "A what?" I said, "A, a wampus cat." And he's like. There's no such thing. I said, well, look it on your phone. And he Googles it up. You know, it's some six-legged bobcat-looking creature. Yeah. And he's like, is that real? Like, Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like, don't leave me in here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my poor kid. That kid it is glued to Austin. He, when Austin's planting, he's on that tractor with Austin. He is helping him and his brother both. He's a wise man. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> 13 and... He's, He's like a little mini Austin. Yeah, yes. Cool. Look, I'm gonna tell. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I mean, you think of all the people we deal with and what they do on their properties. The juries, they're, they're as good as, as there is. Uh, th- there's some other guys that we deal with that grow great plots and are growing great deer. But the, this is Smith County, Mississippi. Not, yeah. I don't. You can't on top a, it in my book. On I his mean. family farm. I mean, he he can kind of do what he needs to do, and he's done it, and he's been doing it for twenty years. And that just looking at this set of antlers, I'm just blown away. It does, you know, for a, a tried and true Mississippian, you know, give me hope. I put it that way, <laughs> and, it, and it's not a fluke. <laughs> no, either. it is not. And that's what that I guess to me is. It, it's not like this deer just came out of a briar patch. You know, I mean, it's no. the time and effort. I yeah. mean, that they put in on the it. strategy they put it in. Yeah, you're right. The time. You know, Megan, if I had killed that deer, I would put him in the Boone and Crockett. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We'll I, see. I, I, just, I just, 
I'd carry around with me everywhere I went. <laughs> <laughs> well, most people think Austin killed it. They'll say it. They're like, oh, man, your husband killed it. Nope, I killed it. That's mine. <laughs> what, uh, what is you guys' doe strategy? Yeah, Everybody I was going to ask Everybody wants to know, you know, the, the folks who kill the big deer, how are y'all managing pressure and how do you do your does? Mm-hmm. We, we battled that a lot. Um, where do you shoot them early or you shoot them late? You know, and I guess that's probably a 50-50 debate. Some people say shoot them early. Some people say shoot them late. I've tried doing both, and honestly, myself, I haven't been able to tell the difference one another. The main thing is get your numbers, mm-hmm. you know, whether you shoot them early, late, or all the way through. You know, I try to skip the rut. I usually don't want to shoot one during that time, but I'll pick back up and finish out where I am. Um, and I base it off my deer surveys I do every year. You know, I, I do my surveys every year. I, I try to do two a year, one before season and one after season. And that's where I kind of put together my hit list of who I want to target, who I'm not going to target, how many buck to does I need to take. And we kind of go from there with it. Um, do you have any biologists helping you or are you just doing this? Uh, you no, I, I've got a, a friend of mine that's a biologist that I take. I send him pictures and get his advice on age of deer to shoot. Um, and then I kind of take it, you know, and then the number of deer too, he'll tell me, Hey, you know, I think you need to shoot 40 does. And I may say, well, I think I need to shoot 30 according to what I'm seeing. Cause they're, you know, he's only going off of what data that I'm sending him off of pictures and stuff, but I'm there seeing it. So are you chasing that two to one, three to one kind of ratio? Yeah. If, if I can stay two to one, I, I'm tickled, you know, and, oh, yeah. and that's a hard number to catch. <laughs> yeah. That's a hard number to catch. Know. That's a lot that's, of does. That's a lot of does. Yeah. We've we've been chasing it a long time. We're not going to be there. Um, like I said, we do run a trucking business. I got a bunch of employees, and it's to where I can bring them in and let them, you know, hunt, shoot some does. That's yeah. right. Yeah. What do you helps you, me? You, you you must put the fear of God in them when they. <laughs> well, well, they got to get their do- two does first. Yeah, right? yeah. That's my rule. You shoot two does, <laughs> and then you get to go up and shoot, you know, a buck, and then I take pictures of. That's pretty strong. Yeah, I yeah. take pictures of my bucks, and then I'm like, you know. You know, and I may mess up by that somewhat. If I know he's hunting a certain area where there's particular deer coming to, I won't flood them with, you know, 15 deer to look through. I'll say, well, these deer are using this area. If you see one of these bucks, you harvest him. Mm -hmm. If not, he's off limits. We don't shoot. And we kind of base it through that. Um, And it's it seemed to work. You know, it's helped us get our numbers down. And we could always shoot more. Yeah. I feel like I don't. Never get done. That's right. Those in Mississippi. (laughs) It's a great story. Oh, my goodness awesome story i can't i mean i can't quit looking at it i can't it's either like a, it's like there's a fire going i don't <laughs> get hypnotized by horns much or somebody brought there. their somebody brought their baby you know how everybody sits <laughs> yeah. in stares at it it's like he is cool hey, he really d- how long are those uh, g3s 13 yeah i was gonna call them 13 this one looks a little longer and the twos have an identical hook coming off the back how, how long were your G2s? Kickers. Nine, I did, think, did this deer have a name? Well, I called him Squeaky for some crazy reason because he <laughs> always seemed to kind of squeak by. Like I said, he didn't go many places. And when you would get pictures of him, he would be like in the faint background. Mm-hmm. Like there would be a doe or something in the front, and you could see him in the background. So he would he would kind of squeak his way mm-hmm. around. But uh, he just – he didn't move a lot. Like I said, he was that kind of day. I think he just lived in a small core area off of that pipeline there and i mean he has water there there's plenty of cover there and he had ample food there i mean 
after after you y'all killed him, I'm gonna say y'all. You were together. Did did any of your neighbors go? Yeah, I had, well, he was over here a little bit. I've been seeing him. Or well, I've I've got one particular neighbor that he's got land on inside the levee Mississippi River up there that he can hunt, and so you know giant deer. And I talked to him back and forth, and he's been hunting down here awful lot this year. And he's like, I've only been up there once this year. I'm like, what are you down here hunting this much for? <laughs> You know, and uh, after she killed the deer, he texted me, congratulations, you know, giant deer. Um, we had pictures of him in the past, but he did not have pictures of him this year. Hmm. So I think his cord, just kind of like I said, he had moved smaller and smaller, but um, they did have pictures of him in the past. That Old squeaky. They knew. Yeah. So they knew he was around, uh, for sure. That is the quintessential, just big, giant, gnarly whitetail. Oh, Yeah. No, no doubt about it. I mean, you really, if I'd have walked in there and you said, where did it come from? I wouldn't have said Smith County, Mississippi. Where would you have said? I don't know. I mean, I'd have said the Midwest. It, it does look very Midwest. I mean, I just would have. I mean. So well, that would be the appropriate yeah. first, first guess. Yeah. And so just so we can put up. And I think it's because of his beams. I mean, they're just that dead gum long. Well, so to help put a rest to all the rumors that this property that you're hunting is not fenced, it is, I'm, 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 there's some, I bar- wish yeah, that people talk about it so bad. My goodness. Yeah. There's, there's some barbed wire. I might put one around it. <laughs> there's, there's some four strand barbed wire. So, yeah. And, and there's a gate and, and yeah, a little gate to be bad enough. The gate stays unlocked. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it does. So if you're a neighbor of mine, don't go slipping around. <laughs> I mean, I might even go Canada. I mean, seriously, just with the mass and how long the beams are. I mean, he looks like Hercules. Looks like a dink up there. Look, don't even do that. <laughs> what do you think, Max? I, I picked I picked up uh, Megan's deer and put it by Hercules when they brought it in here, and just to let Bobby know just what to let Bobby know what's really going on here. Yeah. You don't have to travel to Kansas or Iowa. Yeah. You know, you can... well, let me just tell you, it's been my life dream to kill a one seventy, a net one seventy deer. My life dream. I'm fifty nine years old. And to hear you talk about, yeah, I got three or four running around. That's <laughs> making me crazy sitting over there. In Mississippi. That's right. I think you should just come hunting with us. Ooh, that's pretty good. You've been down there before. Yeah. I, I have. I went on a turkey hunt. Down just there. turkey hunting, yeah, yeah. not deer hunting. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Turkey hunting. Open invitation. I saw mm. a lot of pine trees and a lot of privet. <laughs> and I'm thinking privet may be one of the secrets to it. Oh, gosh. That, that and there. good cooking. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah it's <laughs> good cooking. Yes. Wow, I was looking just good here and i mean it says chinese privy could have 10 to 12 percent crude protein so well he's talking about fertilizing it so that yes, would, that would dudley it. wouldn't that make it even more possibly but you know there's it's it, not just about protein you know i mean not nah, there's a lot of this is age class i mean obviously he had everything he needed but he was allowed to get you know that old I'm grasping for straws here. I'm 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 just trying to figure out something, Dudley. I I got because I know Chinese privet can't be that the answer. I think it, I mean you've he told got, me what the answer was. Well, we were, you've got something. It's everything. Special. Yes, I mean it's it's the whole kit really and not One thing is everything. He takes pride in it. Yeah. yeah, he works it. He manages it. He puts his heart storm. and soul in it to grow deer. And he set out with a strategy to grow six or seven year old deer. You know, and he don't most, kill the first big deer he sees. That's right. Most people have something that I they do. can't do. You know, <laughs> that, that lowest hole in the bucket. I, I'm not hearing a low hole in this bucket. Mm-mm. It, 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 he's he's got everything. 
Yeah. yeah he's, you know, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I was blessed with that. You know, I mean, I couldn't have made it or been put anywhere else. You know, right. the, the Lord put me where I am for everybody's got a purpose and a, and a story. And, you know, I, I don't play baseball anymore. I don't golf. I don't do any of that. I grow deer. That's mm-hmm. what uh, I do. But y'all also work really hard. I right. Mean, you're not hunting every day. No. You're, uh, Hardworking people. Yeah. And look at the Obviously. people we've met through him hunting. Yeah. yeah y'all, y'all are, are some well, of them. And, and I'm told, you, that Dudley's right. I'm told you spend more time working than you do hunting. Uh, yes, sir. You know, a little different than what most people might right. think. Yeah. 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 He leaves in the morning. We kiss goodbye. He comes home and he eats supper and that's about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gets a bath and see him for a little bit and pick and choose your day. He's on that phone. Yep. You do. But well, whatever what, you do is working. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, we were talking. You were asking about you know the big deer. We were talking earlier about you know the Cades Cove deal this year. Yeah, you know, see all the big deer that's you know getting spotted in Cades Cove, and you know, look at the soil and stuff there. It's really not that great, mm-hmm. and you know they're not protein fed. They're not. They're probably overpopulated too. Probably overpopulated, yeah. and all the the negatives that you can say about that and. There's giant deer walking around there, you know. So you could you imagine taking that and putting it on this type of intensive management program? What mm-hmm. you could produce out mm-hmm. of that? So that that's another example of age. Yeah, uh, letting bucks get so. and stress. Uh, you know the the deer yeah. uh, that get killed around metropolitan Atlanta. You know, I don't, I don't yes. think they're killing any two tens, but they're getting all they're getting older. Yeah. My cousin has. Her dogs be chasing them big deer. I'm like, Austin, look at these pictures. And they're just out in her yard. <laughs> yeah. And she lives in Atlanta. And it's a lot of its age. Mike, you got a question? No, I just, I'm like, y'all, that deer's, I mean, a, a testament to, I mean, it's really cool. Just hard work. Yeah, and to, it's cool to, cool to see. It really is. And it, it can be done. Yeah. Did, it can did, be done. Did fate, did it, when that went up on Facebook, did it make you quit? Did you just have to quit looking at the comments? Well, there was a lot of good ones, and there was a lot of bad ones, and it really hurt my feelings because of all the hard work, and people just yeah. can't appreciate it. No, they're jealous. And I don't want to say that, but, I mean, they should congratulate you and be happy and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, celebrate that animal right yes. there. Yes. For sure. We'll make people do crazy things. Yeah, they will. Yeah. One person even commented about it was all four of us in the picture, you know, our two little girls. I mean, Hartley Ruth, our oldest, when she walked out, she said, Mommy, you killed that? Yeah. I said, Yes, ma'am. And then our little two year old, Hazel, May, she goes, Wow. Like, <laughs> they just loved it. And someone commented on that we were all dolled up posing, you know, it was fake for the picture. I'm like, No, uh, it's real. <laughs> no. Yeah. Y'all got a great little family. Yeah, yeah we do. Know. We're very blessed. Yeah. People are real brave on the internet. They know. are. <laughs> Yeah, well, mercy. I look. I, I appreciate y'all bringing the antlers. I'm I'm glad I asked because I just seeing them. It's just it's way more impressive than the, the photo is impressive. Don't, oh yeah. Don't get me wrong. The photo is impressive, but seeing those things like if we don't have another question, I say we go to the trivia. All right. Let's okay. just move right on. Are uh, they asking us? Are we asking them? No, what we're we gonna, we got week? one for them. So well, let's right. turn it over to Richie. Today's <laughs> trivia is brought to you by Sheffield Financial. Fuel your GameKeeper projects with financing for power sports, outdoor power equipment, and trailers. Begin your next conservation adventure at SheffieldFinancial.com. So are they are they financing your taxidermy yet? 
No. You asked him? Uh, no, I hadn't, I hadn't had a chance to ask that. I kind of got sidetracked by another little project that's popped up uh, in my life. It's called a wedding. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, just, do oh, they finance so. weddings? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, probably, I probably need to find yeah. out about that. <laughs> a destination wedding. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, uh, so, so you want me to do it or you want Mac to do the uh, question? Either one of y'all, whichever one. I don't, I don't know. I haven't really read over it. I let Mac do it. Because I feel like Bobby's trying to set me up for a, a, a trap here again. Bobby's trying to set it. He's made he's made me nervous the last few yeah. times. Austin, you see what it's like around. Right? <laughs> oh, I'm getting no respect. <laughs> All right. So the good news is you have got two brains to get this one. So uh, oh, she killed. She answered. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. You can phone a friend, Megan. Yeah. All right. So you're playing for Bodie Parham, and he left us a review, and so he his prize is going to be a white tail bundle of trees handpicked by Dudley Phelps. Himself. Native nurseries, wow. white tail, native oak pack. That's okay. awesome. That, what you a know, great prize. We should give more of those away. Yeah, they're great trees. They are. And it's it, time it, to plant, too. It, it is time. I've got so, some planted. Hey, here we yeah, go. Yeah. They really are. And uh, Brody left a uh, left a review. So, guys, if y'all will leave a review, there's a chance you'll win a prize. Might get some trees yep. from Dudley. Leave a review, and I think you subscribe and follow us or what. But go ahead, Mac. All right. So this is a, a little vague, so it gives the answer a, a little bit of wiggle room. Yeah. But the question is, on average, in terms of days or months, how long does it take antler, antler genesis to develop finished antlers on a whitetail buck? Hmm. <laughs> Look at Dudley. I should this question this. is provided by MSU Deer Lab. This is from the MSU Deer Lab. I should D- Dudley's you taking should off his shoes. I think I got it. How many days or months? Or months? Yeah, yeah months. 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 It will take okay. within within two weeks. So, oh, that's pretty okay. Okay, that's tough, but. He's kind of already mentioned it earlier. I know yeah, he can. Did. I know they can get close. Yeah, we yeah. should have like made him where he can't move his fingers. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a clue. Dudley's got his socks off over there. It's a pretty amazing process that they drop. Pretty amazing. Th- it's the most amazing thing in nature. So, are you counting from when really antler is. begins to come out of the pedicle? Yeah, antler genesis begins. So not when that fall. Well, no, that no, would no. Be exactly Can I call somebody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, there's about three weeks it kind of preps, and then it it's Boom. off to the races. And then there's a, yeah. You so, got it, awesome. So, I, I'm going to say from. So generally, you see them drop horns in February, okay? So then you take three weeks. So they've got March, April, May, June, July, August, September. First of October, they're hard horns. So seven and a half months. Is that what he's asking? Until they start growing until the velvet is shed. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, well basically. Six months. No. Is that? No. Yeah. So – According to Mac, according to MSU Deer Lab, Seven it months. says. Yes, according to the Deer Lab, it says in about five months with one additional month used to complete hardening and drying. What? She said six, six months. Six, okay, six months. Six months. Ring a bell. You shook your head at me. <laughs> so, Bodie Parham. <laughs> but yeah. I'm kind of like she awesome. When I start sticking my fingers up and counting, it seemed like it might well, go Well, sometimes a you see deer with hard horns in, in late April. Oh, he and they all, you know, yeah. where I hunt, they all right around September fifteenth is is when the they start, you know, shedding mm-hmm. usually. 
Well, can't that kind of base upon moon phase and stuff kind of too? And the testosterone in the deer, I think, is what's going to factor when he drops his horns and and when he. And if they're, you know, healthy versus non healthy coming out of the rut, I'm sure that has something to do with it as well. But I'll tell you what. Six and seven months is very appropriate. So, well, to grow 200 inches of bone on your head in six months. Yeah. That's one of the Mm. coolest things in nature. Mm -hmm. It makes me wonder, like, Maybe that's why he weighed 185 <laughs> is his body just said, you know what? I'm, I'm tired. Just throw all this at the ant. <laughs> right. We're glad he did. <laughs> yeah. Mac, on that, uh, that question, though, right before you read the answer, there was one, two words. There were two words. On average. Or it depends. It does it? depend. Yeah. That is, well, it definitely <laughs> came from Bronson. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's depends. right. Well, guys, look, this is uh, – Thank y'all for being here yeah, and, and yeah. sharing Thank this with us. Thank y'all for inviting us. Oh, my goodness. So I was Im- kind of nervous about coming there. Oh, what? Well, We're you know, chill. all the drama on Facebook, I was like, I don't want to do that. This is a drama-free zone <laughs> here. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, you know, when we don't generate a lot of drama, I don't think. I just hope to, not. Just determining where to go to lunch. Right. That's about that's the, the biggest. But Vandy usually <laughs> solves that. Like it was a solid choice today. Yes. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not every day you get to see a yeah. set of antlers like that. No. If that deer would have walked out on me by myself, I'd have never shot it. You don't think so? You would have been scared to? Or? Oh, it would have been a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> that was I'd awesome. I'd be calling, no uh, doubt can about I kill it. this deer? Yeah. <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, my phone don't ring. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have no service. Yeah, what are you saying? No what are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever had somebody that you took shoot the wrong deer? Um, hmm. <clears throat> it happens. Uh, he may know. I, I've may had know. I've had a guy before that I have like that do not shoot deer. He calls me from the deer stand and says, "Hey, you know that big nine you told me about?" I like, "Yeah." He's like, "He's out here right now." I was like, "Really?" Video him. He's like, "No, I want to shoot him." I was like, "No, we're not shooting that deer." He's like, "Please." I was like, "No, we're not shooting that deer." He's like, and this is an older gentleman. And uh, he said, well, "What's it going to cost me if I shoot him?" I was like, "You'll never be back." <laughs> He's like. It may be worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, wow. Dudley, you got one last question to ask? No. I'm, I think we uh, covered it. I got one thing here, I guess. You, know, you talked about yeah, There the we go. Oh, yeah. In the house. You know, the, I kept thinking here, the home range you know, of this buck was yeah. not a big home range. Right. And we, you know, like Bobby said earlier, we've been down there uh, filming content with you, Austin. And I think one of the things I remember was, you know, some like a lot of the food you're, you know, food plots you're playing are in the middle of the property. And so do you think that's a factor of why maybe to an extent of what, you know, uh, you know, a lot of why his home range was not as big? Very, very possible. And and I strategically try to do that. I mean, there's 4,800 acres that own and lease there. And I do try to pull as much as I can into the core 1200 is what I really call it. I call it the core 12 and that's where I really want to pull everything to and I mean that kind of goes back to try to keep them off of the neighbors as much as I can to give them a chance to make it because you know there's not many people that's going to let that kind of deer get that age no I, I do have a question um are you guys into shooting the three-year-old six points 
Uh, yeah, I do. I try to shoot the bottom 30% of age classes. Okay. So I try to take three and a half, four and a half, five and a half mature at five and a half. And I shoot the lower 30%. And that goes back to my camera survey that I do. And, you know, Dick takes that. Interesting. Um, now say that, explain that to yeah. me one more time, the thought process there. The, so you, you, you know, on basis camera survey, you break them up, you know, by their ages is what I try to do. And then the lower 30% of that age class, I try to harvest. So, yes, I do shoot three-and-a-half-year-old deer. Like, if he's a slick beam seven or six, uh, we try to shoot him. Not to saying that deer won't be a quality deer at some time, but for the competition that he's yeah, got to go a through. a hierarchy thing, sure, you know. I, I try to let the, you know, bigger deer, you know, have the more, you know, less competition for food, for, for breeding purposes and stuff. And, you know, you're talking about dispersal. So she's going to disperse that, but as it gets dispersed, genetic moves here, moves there, but those deer are getting dispersed from there too on a, another generation. They're coming back to you. So, you know, you still get your genetic, mm-hmm. you know, transfer. I know, you know, they disperse them because of they don't want to inbreed, you know, the doe's going to kick the, the buck away. Well, he goes off and, and breeds another doe, and, you know, the doe's got more to do with it than the buck does. Well, he goes off and and breeds a doe that's got good genetic, or it just hits right, and then that one disperses back to you. Then, you know, you, you kind of circle and your way back. Yeah, we can't we can't seem to kill enough does to get to where we're at that you know shoot the you know shoot the three year old seven point stage. But uh, I think that's important when you when you can reach that that doe number. Um, if you're if your goal is to grow these giant deer, then yeah, getting some of the, the buck competition out, you know, it makes a whole lot of sense. There may be a 130 inch eight point that can kick his butt. Oh yeah. And you may not want him around. Uh, we got one we call unicorn and he's a 16 inch spike and I bet he's five or six years old. He's just a brute of a deer. I'm like, you know, he's walking around with a dagger on his head, running yeah. into two deer fighting and, you know, he double lungs them yeah. you know you know looks you're losing to that and we haven't killed that deer yet like he's nocturnal as he can be just hmm. you got any pigs down there just starting to see some pigs hmm. here recently but no we're we haven't had them so that's our february if it's gonna be really big time trying to trap and yeah. handle that yeah gross pigs <laughs> yeah <sighs> that'll definitely change your management plan oh, yeah well, this has been this has been uh, all I hoped it would be. No I doubt. I wanted about to learn it. about this deer. Wow, Lanny, you got a question? No, man, I just uh, enjoy y'all being here and telling the story, and you know, being able to put my hands on that thing. Honestly, it's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah, I, I do. You're literally uh, green. I, I, I really am. <laughs> you have you a know? green cap and a green shirt on. I mean, I you're, think you're any. Like, Anybody yeah, else in this green. room would do yeah. the same thing. I, I love antlers, and yeah. that that set has just got it all. And Austin, I think you would agree with me. Yeah, it's, he does. Yeah, and he's Mississippi. You know, yeah. that is just so cool. Yeah, you get. He's local. We, yeah, he's local, man. <laughs> mass is my biggest thing. If I could choose one, one particular thing on one, it would it would be have mass. Yeah, yeah I think that's the most impressive with with any to me. I, my he, thing he is got the, it all. you know fewer points. More inches, you know, like a, 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 I mean, he's, he's more or less a 10 point. Uh, I'd, I'd rather kill an eight or a 10 than like a 14 point with less mass. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. It's just, it's got everything. 
Well, Megan, there's a whole lot of people envious of you. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about that. We sure appreciate y'all yeah, coming Yeah, we're proud here. of y'all, no doubt Thank about you. That. Thank and, you. And, and look, if you want any biologic protein peas, I suggest you go ahead and order them. Yeah. <laughs> we do have a finite supply of them this year, so better uh, get on there early. Yeah, Mac, be sure you've got mine allotted in there now. <laughs> oh, yeah. It might be on your door by the time you get back. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, yeah, and y'all just keep doing what you're doing. And uh, just, wow, wow. We just, we, we wish yeah, you I the best Yeah, I can't wait to see what's next. I really can't. I don't know how you're going to top that. I don't either, but. Whew. That's what he told me. He said, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's hunted since then. I have I don't, not. I don't blame her. I haven't. Well, I, I can mean, tell wow. you. Yeah, isn't it awesome? I'd he's, be going fishing or something. <laughs> it's he, hard. He's not green. He is proud of her. Oh, yeah. I, I can see it. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're where, the green one. Where, where I don't know, I might have taken the gun from my daughter if we'd have been shooting <laughs> I tell you, it was the first time that I've had a deer of that caliber that I was not in control of. You know? That's yeah. why he was so nervous yeah. going, don't let, make sure his head's up. Don't let him, don't, don't let him turn. Don't let him do it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> he probably doesn't remember saying any of that. Oh, I don't. <laughs> it seems like it took forever. Oh, yeah. You know, it was just so fast. But. Lanny, can you imagine if you and I were, were sitting in a shooting house together and that deer walked Oh, out? you would definitely have a boot in your back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I, you know, I've, I've had you, similar, Bobby, but, you know, it is what it is. When you're out, you know, when you're <laughs> offshore reeling in a big tuna and, and you're yeah. scared it's going to get off yeah. and your friends are yelling at you and you're cussing dun, back dun, at dun. them. I mean, it, it's kind of, I'm sure that's the same thing that was going on. I mean, it was bad. We both were talking back yeah. and forth, back and forth. Yeah, like, I'm like, I can't get comfortable. Yeah. But it worked. <laughs> like, please just make a good shot. What caliber? It was a 308. Boom. I'm a 30 out six person, but I, I wish I could rewind and, and get a 308. I think it's the ultimate. Well, they make them All every purpose. day. Hey. Suppressed too. We we that's another thing we do. I shoot suppressed. Man, nice. I'm the same way. It's it's awesome. And the deer really don't know where the shot comes from. Yeah, um, that kind of goes back. And that's where how we shoot a bunch of our does. Are you are you shooting subsonic ammo? I, I do some subsonic ammo, especially in the 308s. Managed recoil loads mm-hmm. is what so it is. Are, are, when like when she's hunting, is she shooting a subsonic? Uh, she's shooting managed recoil. Some managed recoil ammo. So you can still hear it. It's not a completely subsonic load. Um, from what I, my experience with the subs, I can't much reach over about a hundred yards yeah. with it. And then in that, I have to dial it because it, the, the fall is so great. So I just shoot a managed recoil and side it in and go from there. And then so I, I have an FFL and an SOT dealer. So I'm able to get them relatively, you know, soon for myself. And then, mm-hmm. Um, I got quite a few suppressors that I try to make it where if somebody comes hunting with me and they don't have one, then I let them shoot my rifle with a suppressor on it, especially if we're shooting doe days or really out there hammering a lot. It, mm-hmm. I mean, I, makes a difference. Oh, yeah. I've shot them and be deer in the field. They're like, what was that? Mm-hmm. Doe laying there on the ground and you pop you another one, you know. So what do you say to the guy that says, oh, that deer escaped from a high fence down in that area somewhere? And what do you say to that, Austin? I say I don't know of a high fence anywhere around us. Like, I don't even know where the nearest person that have enclosure would probably be. Would be somewhere in Harrison County, I guess, would be the closest 
two of us. So if he did escape with high fans, he had a track for himself. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and you've got mul- nothing. You've got multiple years of photos, so that would help to to disprove that. Absolutely, and, and I've got neighbors that that knew of the deer also. So if you know if that's what they want to believe, then you know it's kind of hard to believe. You know, if there was a magical fence there he's kind of going back and forth across it as he pleases i i guess <laughs> yeah yeah and and so there's there's no hole in the deer's ear or one of his ears where a tag may have been or anything like i saw on the internet where a guy says look i can see a hole i, I even had somebody text me a, a zoomed in photo of a what appeared to be a hole but i mean i've killed deer with uh torn ears and such yeah. I, I, what what do you say about that <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I had it sent to me also, and I actually took pictures. I went and got the deer back out of the deep freezer and rolled the deer's ear out and Snapchatted a guy that had messaged me, man, that deer's got holes in his ear. And I Snapchatted in pictures of the deer where his ear was at, and I was like, man, there's no hole here. You know, I don't, you know, what they were looking at is where his hair could have been rolled to on that one side, and the deer abnormally had more ticks than what i don't know why but he was a ton of ticks on the deer and but from skinning him and freezing him and all that you know the ticks could have fell off but absolutely no hole in the deer's ear the, the tip had a little cut in it but i mean nothing that you don't normally see on a deer i mean you get a deer at six years of age he's went through a lot of fighting you know yeah. and a lot of <laughs> yeah. scars and wounds you know that that happens, you know. I mean, heck, I've killed deer before. Their ear was completely broken, hanging, and had them with rips all through their ear, you know. And, you know, people can say and think what they want to, you know. It seems like you kill a deer over 140 these days, and you didn't do it the right way or or some sort. You know, yeah. you can always look for I for think there, I think but, there's a lot of jealousy involved. Um, but, uh, you know, you are the only person in that area that, consistently kills huge deer and so people are asking questions and uh uh, i know that frustrates you because of all the hard work you guys are doing over there but um you know it's just the i would want to be able to prove them wrong you know and uh oh yeah it's and and i don't try to keep it a secret you know i i want them to know that you know if we can do it here on you know like i said before you know we've got a big acreage of land you know we're we're sitting on 4,800 acres plus our cattle farm that, that joins to us, you know, and that's another 900 acres. So we've got a big chunk of property that we're able to manage on. And I don't try to hide what I do, what program I use or, or how I do it because I want everyone to be successful with it. And I have a numerous people that I help manage their properties. And some we've been able to grow, you know, 140, 150 inch deer max. And I've got some people that, I've helped manage and they've killed Boone and Crockett deer on it, you know, in the past. So the the program works. It's doing it and executing it and staying consistent with it. Um, I mean, I can. And, uh, and that's why, that's why we talk about it and put it out there. We're, you know, it's not just to, to boast of what we've accomplished, which we're very proud of what we've been able to accomplish, but we do it so people can see that it can be done and to help people. You know, I get numerous, I get just as many good phone calls and good messages at times as, as you can the bad, you know, and that's and good. You look at that glass half full and instead of half empty and, and you take the good 
the good out of it. There's silver lining in, in everything that happens. Um, there's one area that comes to mind that I think of. Uh, it's There's a big chunk of public land in northwest Alabama. And I would say as far as habitat-wise, it's very low tier. You know, your, your top tier habitat. But um, even though it's overhunted, uh, every year it seems like somebody kills a 180 plus over there. Um, and so, you know, maybe you're also just in a pocket of really good genetics, much like that area in and around, uh, I'll say it, Bankhead in Alabama. Um, do you think there's something like that? I mean, you think it could be related, you know, something like that, a scenario like that? I do because you know, there are areas around us that consistently, you know, there's, there's big deer on it. And even properties that are not managed that way are bringing out big deer. You know, there's, there's 170s killed around us all the time that are, you know, not even of that age class. You know, you, you're shooting four and a half year old 170s. That's what you want. At six and a half, you're talking a 200 inch deer if everything goes right, you know, but y'all may can correct me wrong on some research on this, but I know back in the, I believe it was early 70s, you know, when they were trying to game and fish introduce um, population and deer around, they were, they brought deer from Wisconsin and, and released them along the Leaf River. And our place joins the Leaf River. It's, runs part of us here and so maybe it could kind of go back to some of where they introduced that northern genetic back in the early 70s that and it's been around you know because you know we can kill deer sometimes that are 250 255 just big deer and then we can shoot some deer that are 180 185 you know there's a variance in the deer weights that you get you know and maybe it could be some of some of that yeah involved with it also that's interesting um, well, I, I don't know i i just i blame it all on good management good quality and, and good food and, and doing the right thing and it just it works it's all been it's been together for us and like i said you know we've been successful for several years killing you know big mature whitetails and this is the first one we've killed in four years now since we've killed a you know a notable you know high scoring deer I should speak, a Boone and Crockett caliber yeah. deer. Yeah. So, just speaking of genetics, what? So, I see that some of the people posting are, are saying, "Oh, he's they've brought in genetics down there and turned deer loose." Brought in. It, it, what do you? How do? What do you say to that guy? Austin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, I kind of chuckle when I hear those comments. You know, uh, yeah, you're you're going to take the risk of spending jail time for important deer in the state of Mississippi to turn loose on a no fence free range whitetail that anybody and their mother can kill um it it's kind of far-fetched but like i said when when they don't see it firsthand they kind of grasp for anything yeah <laughs> definitely not the case to answer the question directly i have never imported any form of genetics um into my property or any other property yeah yeah, that, no, that, that's kind of what only I deer I've ever handled has been a dead deer. You can kind of take it as a compliment that people think your deer are high fence deer or broad genetic deer because you're growing big quality deer. So that's a great way to look it at compliment it. That, that that's what they want to they want to take it as. But 
Yeah, absolutely. That that's the that's a great way to look at it. Is, is there anything else that that maybe you just want to say or clear up? Or I I, I can't think of anything else, Dudley. Have you got anything? No, not really. No, but Austin, is there anything else you wanted to add? Not offhand, I don't. I mean, it's you know I, I'm super blessed, and I thank the Lord for everything that He's blessed us with, and ability to hunt these you know great whitetails and have a property that produces like we do and the ability to feed them and give them what they need and you know through all the bad things and the people that, that say and you know about it i've met some really great people through the process of, of managing and, and being able to harvest these big deer and you guys are in that group you know it, probably if i hadn't have been on this management program and trying to feed them and do right and plant right i may have never met good people like you guys and, and several other along the way that i've met so it, i've been blessed and and twofold with it and can't be thankful enough for it and and i wish everyone good luck and and happy hunting with it and if there's anything i can do to help or any insight or knowledge you know, reach out to me there you be go. glad to answer any other questions yeah what a what a great attitude Wish everybody had that attitude. So, well, Austin, that, that's what we wanted to hear. I think you, I think you defended yourself, and uh, when you really didn't need to, doesn't sound like. And uh, but uh, you, we 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 appreciate you answering the questions that we ask. Absolutely. Look, if there's anything else you need, feel free to ask. I'll I'll give it to you if y'all need photos or details or, I mean. I can thaw that cape out and roll the ears out and see. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we're good. And, so, we're, and we aren't questioning you. We're just asking questions so so that it helps uh, people listening. So, Yeah, I, I do. But I did notice, you know, in one of the pictures, it is a dark spot in it. But if you turn it and look at another photo of it, you don't see it at all. So I don't know if it was – the hair to it if he had a tick in his ear i don't really remember but i wasn't searching his ears you know i was more or less looking at those 200 inches of <laughs> yeah. Boy, he's pretty. yeah we couldn't take our eyes off of it either he's pretty maybe y'all can give me some that i don't know of you know people say that deer has light colored or white colored horns that they're high fenced or bred deer you know that's something i'm curious of as to why you know like on our property you'll get some light colored horned deer and then you'll get some super chocolate horned deer. Do you know why, what makes the different coloration of deer's antlers? I've got an opinion and, and it's not scientific, but I think a lot of times in, uh, in enclosures, these deer may stand out in the sun a bit more. They're not as, they're not as hiding in the woods like a wild right. whitetail might be. And I think that, can, uh, the, it doesn't take much to bleach antlers. Doesn't take much sun at all. And yeah. so it could those, just be their habits of whether they're sitting in the sun more or it, not. It, it, you it know. could be. I, you see that's those, just my opinion. You see those Canadian whitetails with the brown antlers, but you know they're in a boreal forest with a bunch of conifers everywhere. So there's one. There's not yeah. a lot of sunlight hitting the ground, and two, they may be rubbing those sappy trees. I, you know, I'm I'm not a whitetail biologist either, so. Um, I, well, I did read, that, a, yeah. I read a couple comments about the black tips. Um, I don't, I don't know how that works either, but, uh, you know, that was another one of the yeah, I don't negative know. The only comments thing I, can I think of is, Yeah. On the black tips is only I can think of is when they grow out and they're in velvet, they're stubbing against the feeders. 
when they're mm-hmm. eating or, or against the ground. Because like I said, I do use, you know, troughs and big feeders. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, to answer that part. But the white horn deal was, you know, it's the delta deer are like lighter colored horn. And maybe that's why because they're in the, those fields or edges more. The sunlight is getting to it. See, I thought it could have been the feed. I thought, well, maybe high protein feed. But, but now that, you know, the sun and, you know, kind of later in the season, kind of like the whiter they get almost. You know, it seems like when they shed out the first early season, they're all darker. Well, I wish I Maybe knew, there but there is a yeah, I know that was kind of a there is a difference. Uh, you do notice some sometimes you see antlers and they're just remarkably light. Oh, yeah. Right, so, uh, we don't see enough two hundred plus inch deer really to know, but you know you can't help but think that they just grew so much faster, you know, than a normal deer that you may see, you know. The tips may look different because of that. I I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, a... yeah. And blunt, you know, blunted. You know, look how much mass those deer have. Um, even in their bean, you know, in in the tying lengths, you know, they're they're thick. They're, you know, mass all the way into the ends of the tines. You know, sometimes you'll have heavy beans, and the tines will be, you know, pointed or thinner. They're heavy, even in the tines. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank y'all so much. And uh, Mossy, we appreciate you wearing our yeah. colors. We appreciate you planting our plots and trees. Yeah, and what you're doing, you know, set the standard for wildlife in Mississippi. That yeah. is just amazing. Quite a gamekeeper. Yeah, it is. If we had a gamekeeper of the year, I think yeah, I we mean, would unanimously. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you get around that one. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, we would. They're the horns for you. So, well, why don't you say goodbye, Dudley? Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Mac Mac. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine. And don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.